back to our podcast, Being Desi in America. Today, I'll be your host, Fariha Rahman, and I'm so excited to welcome our guest, Rashika Muthukrishnan. She's a senior at UNC Chapel Hill, majoring in neuroscience and looking forward to pursuing a career in medicine. And I'm really excited to learn more about her, but also to discuss a topic that's near and dear to both of us, mental health. Rashika, thank you for joining me today. Hi, I'm very honored to be here as well. Sounds great. To kick off this episode, let's talk about your experience growing up South Asian here in the United States. So how were you able to stay connected to your Desi roots as you were raised in the United States? Yeah, so the way I was connected mostly was through my family, like most immigrants who came to America, whether it was through movies, wearing this Indian clothes, and I actually had a difficult time adapting to my roots growing up. I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially because when you move to America as an immigrant, it's like you have to make a choice. Do you want to fit in and like be with the prominent culture that's around us, or do you want to like really strongly stick to your roots and be like this is who I am and obviously I think when we're growing up too like we don't really want to stand out like we want to blend in as much as we can so like I choose to not basically be a part of my roots for a really long time until I came to college and in college obviously there were so many different like South Asian groups and ways to be like more immersed in your culture as well and I think in college too I realized that it's okay to do that it's okay to embrace your culture I think I was so scared growing up I'd be like oh like what if people judge me like what if I stand out and in college it was like a big 360 I found like a big friend group of Indians and I was like oh my god like this is great like we get to watch the movies we have in common and everything but then one thing I also realized when this happened was I had this like misconception that you could only embrace your roots if you were friends with people of your same ethnicity and race. I had like this misconception that if you didn't have any friends that were Indian or whatever race you are, I had this like idea that, oh, like that must mean that you're not connected to your roots. And I definitely agree that I've judged people for that too, which I I think is wrong, 100%. And I've come to like grow from that perspective. It was actually a funny story. One time I was at my best friend's house and her cousin came over and her cousin was talking about like her friend group and obviously like we're all Indian and so she was telling us about her friend group and she's like yeah I have like the most diverse friend group like one of them's Puerto Rican the other one's like Vietnamese and they were all like different and I was just very confused because again like back then I had the assumption that when you are with a friend group so diverse and not of your own race that you don't like really connect to your roots and so like I indirectly like asked her to I was like does this mean like you you aren't very like connected to being Daisy, and she was just like no are you kidding like I am so like into the culture and every aspect and I was like but you don't even relate to it with your friends like how how does that even work and like she said something that like sticks to me this day she was just like just because like your friends are not Indian or whatever they are it doesn't mean that like you lose your roots your roots are who you are and you can embrace them wherever you go and like also like your family like you can relate to your culture back with your family as well so yeah that was a really long-winded answer to what you just asked (laughs) 
No, we love that and completely agree. It's also like really fun to share your culture with others. And I think that also helps you stay connected. So kind of like moving forward, like according to you, is there like a particular misconception or like even like an important fact about your culture that you think people and our listeners should know about? This is an interesting misconception that I did not realize, but I'm going to tie in an interview that I had done recently. But I had interviewed this guy named Anish and he's in our grade. I interviewed him for our actually our upcoming magazine and one of the questions I had asked him was like how do you deal with like families and cultures and just like our community like judging what you do on a daily basis because and some background information like Anish wants to be an actor. He actually said that a community, the community that we live in and the way that all these aunties and uncles pay attention to everything that you do. He said that it came from a place of care and that it's actually from a place of kindness and he said that because our culture is so community-based that is why everyone's paying attention to you. It's not necessarily to look down on you or to tear you down. It's actually because everyone's just here to like support each other and I think that was just a perspective that I had never thought about. I always thought of it like the dominant way like oh like we have to like battle the way like everyone views us and so when he had told me that it made me be a lot more gentle towards our culture and our community as well yeah for sure i completely agree i think sometimes like we also get quite defensive when uncles and aunties start asking and prodding us with questions but yeah that's definitely a unique perspective to sort of looking at it from their point of view as well and kind of now to like sort of segue into a topic that i believe we both feel passionately about which is mental health awareness especially in like a south asian landscape so rishika you and i recently worked together on the second issue of Sathe Shakti, a magazine showcasing topics related to South Asian mental health and mental health in general, and look forward to working together on the upcoming issue as well. And so could you tell us a bit more about the magazine and also the organization you founded and lead, We Are Sath at UNC? I can tell you first about the organization because that obviously served as an inspiration for starting the magazine. The way I started this organization is actually really funny, or I think it is because I had discovered that this was a national organization and like its cause. I discovered it when I was walking my dog. (laughs) I was walking my dog through the back of my house and my dog is a very energetic dog and when he sees people or dogs he runs and he's about 90 pounds and he's basically more than half my body weight so when I see people and he sees people like fear just like courses through my body and I'm like oh no and it's like because I know that I won't be able to hold him down and I'm gonna lose him and so just this one particular day a girl was walking down the street and she has a dog and so my first reaction is I need to steer my dog away before he runs towards that person because most scenario like they all get really scared that a 90 pound dog is running towards them And so what happens is this girl continues to walk towards me with her dog after I purposely turned away. And I was like, <laughs> what, what is going on? And so about stuff. Yeah. So eventually our dogs like run into each other and she tells me how she's part of this organization called I Am Shakti, which was the original name of We Are Soft before they had recently changed their name. And she was telling me about it and their mission and about South Asian mental health in general. And I 
was shocked because I didn't even think about South Asian mental health being its own entity. I didn't even think about how important it was till she told me about it. Now the branches are originally in Chicago and so when she was telling me about it, I was just like, can I start this? at Chapel Hill, is that a thing? And she was just like, yeah, go for it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so that's exactly what happened when I found out about it in April, 2019, I put it my mission to start this organization. And so it took me a long time because it was just a member of one. And of course I had supportive friends along the way as well, but it's different when you have to start up an organization because it's people aren't necessarily gonna believe in what you do till they see the products till they see what's actually there like what they're actually signing up for definitely second that <laughs> yeah so because of that you have to put in the work to show people that this is worthwhile as well and as I was starting this organization it was very difficult for me because it was a person of one I was just blocked completely and just making sure that leading up to the first meeting everything was perfect I wanted to get people in some way or another and so I literally took it upon myself that any person I would just meet any new person old person people I would see literally in the library and I was commuting at this time so I literally made use of my time on campus I would just go up to people and I'd be like hey like have you heard about this organization I'd love to see you at the meeting and because college students are also hungry students <laughs> I also went to Franklin Street a couple weeks in advance and I realized because this organization supports a cause that a lot of South Asian businesses are interested in. I went door to door to all these South Asian businesses or restaurants and I was like, hey, like, is there any possibility you guys could supply us some food or anything just to like support the cause? Because obviously since I started up the org, like I don't have any funds to like contribute that to this. And like they all saw how interested I was in the cause and that it is an important cause. And that's how like I got like my first little mini success story because Vimela's like contributed with the phone for free to our first meeting which I was so like happy by that was the first step to like people believing in me and like push forward this organization I didn't want the reason people showing up to the meeting be because of food so I purposely waited till the day of the meeting and then I said there's gonna be food as like a last minute resort because I didn't want people to show up and just come eat and leave like I wanted people who were generally interested in the cause and so that happened what I had noticed just with our regular meetings and everything was that the people that showed up to our workshops were people who were interested in mental health and my perspective with mental health is a lot more related to interacting with the audience that's not aware of mental health and so that's when I got really creative over this this past summer because that's when I realized how do I gather the attention of people who aren't interested in mental health how do I get the attention of people who have other interests and raise awareness to them because I would say like I think a misconception about mental health is that people think it's important but I think what people fail to realize is that saying it's important is easy but also paying attention to it For sure. paying attention to your emotions and actually not pushing yourself to burnout is a whole nother battle and so I think in order for people to pay attention to mental health I took it upon myself 
to be like, okay, I need to figure out how am I gonna get the attention of people who don't think mental health is important. And I was just like, I need to do something that the average college student would be interested in. So I put myself in like the shoes of an average college student. And I was like, look, the average college student is too busy to go to these workshops. They all have their own lives. All of their lives are revolving around their own clubs and orgs, which I am not offended by at all. I get it, I'm a student as well. And so I was just thinking, okay, workshops as I'm sure they're relieving and effective, which we are not stopping by any means. They're good. It's just workshops aren't the direct means of raising awareness. And so I was just like, okay, what what does a college student, like what can they look at or just like interact with that like makes them talk about mental health? And I realized with like a lot of introspection and stuff that like mental health in general, it is still a hard topic to talk about to this day because I think it's very difficult when we are in a college society to like make things serious like we all just are here to have a good time like you know spend time with friends it's like when you get together with your friends the last thing you're thinking about is oh let's make this serious you know like you're already serious with every aspect of your life so when you hang out with your friends you don't want to make things serious but anyways back to the normalizing mental health part so the way i was just like okay how do i normalize mental health because my idea was the way you can normalize mental health is make it so that people can interact with the easy enough. Easy enough where they're like, hey, did you see that? And then just start talking about it. And I realized because of COVID, everything was virtual, which makes everyone also a little more likely to be on social media. And so I was just like, I need to find something that makes people interact with just mental health in general. And at first I didn't really realize I wanted to do the magazine. Originally, I was just like, we could do like a website blog, but then I I was scrolling down student gov funding because of another project that I was looking at and they were talking about periodicals and I actually didn't know what a periodical was <laughs> and I had to look it up and I was like oh it's a magazine and I was just like what why would I do a website blog when I can just do a South Asian magazine and this can be like as broad or as narrow as we want it because it'll be just within our organization and I was like a magazine is just so much more interactive you just get to pick it up and like look through it flip through it and there you go and I also want people in our club who are part of the magazine team I wanted them to also feel more connected to what was going on like to the project itself and I was just like this this website isn't a strong enough connection I just feel like they won't be like they're not getting as much as they could from this and I was like if we do a magazine all I can imagine is their gratification when they're holding a copy of it and they see their article in it and I was like not only will this magazine be impacting all the people around us who like pick it up and are like, hey, what's this? But also I wanted to bring importance to the people on our team. I wanted to make them feel special too and like make them realize like, hey, you are making this impact as big or small as it is. For sure. I mean, I think the magazine and like the organization in general is so needed and like especially the magazine is a very good way to increase awareness in my personal opinion because yeah, I'm a college student too. I don't think I have the time to realistically sit through like an hour, hour and a half workshop and I, I want to connect with others and like listening their stories whether that be in like magazine format or kind of seeing like those little promos we do on social media like that's more engaging and catches my attention for sure and i hope it does for the listeners as well so kind of like going off of that with like your magazine and like the organization is there any like particular myth about mental health knowing how it is perceived in the south asian community that you hope that it could be debunked i think that there are many ways to approach mental health i think a 
myth is that you have to go to therapy to feel better in general, to to deal with your mental health. I think that mental health comes in various factors and aspects. I'm not saying that therapy is bad in any way. I'm not saying like, oh, like I don't believe in it. I'm saying like, I believe that everyone has their own ways of coping with mental health. And I think therapy is definitely a good one as well. But I also think there's a lot of other things you can do. When people think about mental health, their first reaction is, oh, therapy. And I think that there are a lot of other ways that people haven't necessarily approached as well, which is one of the things we're doing in our organization, like the impact of creativity and self-expression on mental health, because there's been numerous studies done that like self-expression greatly increases and boosts your mental health, and it just helps you overall feel better. And that's why I go to this topic as well, because I think that the misconception is therapy is your one and all solution. And I think that there's just a variety of things we can do out there that can definitely help anyone and everyone it's just you have to figure out what works best for you yeah for sure and like I think going back to that point you made about making it like a serious sort of topic I think definitely therapy everyone kind of considers like oh no you have to seek medical attention it's very serious versus like as you said like creative expression whether that be like I don't know producing a video going to like an acting workshop (laughs) writing a poem like that's therapeutic in itself as well I guess like from your perspective, do you have any suggestions for our listeners on if they're interested on increasing awareness about mental health and like how they can potentially engage in conversations about mental health? Because it is, I would say, challenging to do so. This is going to sound a little weird, but I think it's the way you increase mental health awareness is just fostering open emotional expression so what i mean by that is when people aren't doing okay i've just seen this from personal experiences but when people aren't doing okay people's first reaction is to shut down and i think the way that you can increase just mental health awareness of yourself and those around you is just checking up on people frequently just being like, hey, like, how are you doing? Are you okay? And I think don't know what other people are going through. Like, it's true. Like, we all just, like, revolve around our own world. Okay. <laughs> it, I mean, it's it sounds bad, but, like, this is the truth. And I think checking in on your friends and also just being willing to hold open emotional conversations with them will, I think, in its way, raise mental health awareness. Because I think when you have open emotional expression, that's when you can start talking about the topics that entail mental health as well. Yeah, completely agree. Thank you so much, Rishika, for speaking with me today. And it was just awesome to learn more about you and discuss an important topic such as mental health. Any parting thoughts as we sign off? Uh, No, but thank you so much for this opportunity. I really like being on here. (laughs) We loved having you as well. Thank you. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We'll be releasing new episodes soon, but until then, feel free to check out our instagram and facebook pages at being daisy in america and as well as if you're interested in sharing a story that you have or would like to be interviewed for our podcast feel free to fill out our podcast guest form that's also linked on our social media pages thank you and goodbye